Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. You're listening to the most fraudulent F1 podcast with Dan, a.k.a. Engine Mode 11. I secretly moonlight as Helmut Marco at race weekends. And Blake, a.k.a. Break. Echo chambers of farts and idiots on Twitter after races. It's the Engine Breaking F1 podcast. Uh, coming from the main streets of Stevenage, it's the world's... Half of the world's worst F1 podcast, Daniel Engine Mode 11 Drury, and uh, coming from you live from, I don't know where the fuck you live, somewhere around Milton Keynes area, it's yeah. Blake Mid. Yeah, Break. just, just Break. yeah. <laughs> that was, that was my best that's... attempt at the wow. Miami F1 intros. Wow, that was, that was beautiful. Thank Everybody, you. welcome... Welcome to episode 25 of the Engine Breaking Podcast. This will be our Miami Review Podcast. Maybe next week we might have another guest. Last week we had Tamo, YouTube sensation, absolute, absolute legend. But um, we didn't get his um, review from uh, his team this week, so we'll have to make one up for him. Ah, but, uh, bloody fucking shirker unprofessional fucking content creator influencer probably too busy paying $200 for a salad platter at Miami or something <laughs> uh, unbelievable so Dan what do we what do we got this episode for everybody what are we going to do what are we going to talk about we've got all sorts of things and everybody's got opinions about Miami and we do too yeah um we're going to basically spend probably what an hour and a half giving you our shit opinions about Miami from two failed ex F1 engineers, old men sitting at home, angrily shouting at clouds behind the telly. Um, and then, yeah, we'll run through what happened at Miami, what we like, what we don't like. Uh, one of those is going to be significantly more than the other. You could probably guess. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the opposite to you. I'm, are I'm are you be... like underneath? Are you wearing like the stars and stripes boxes underneath? Is that how patriotic you're going? Yeah. You've I've got, got the Texan up. flag hanging in the background, so like you are 
I've got some Homelander underwear on from uh, uh, the boys. <laughs> what a great show that is as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So let's let's get into it. Let's get into straight into the Miami Grand Prix and the buildup. Um, this race last year was memed the hell out of the fake marina at the track. Um, because it was it's too American, they're putting it on for the show. But going into the weekend, the, the series points, they've resurfaced the track. You remember last year, the the, the tarmac was just breaking apart. And that was a big issue. And we've always got issues when we go, for example, I always bring this up, Austin, the first year at Austin, was it 2012 or 13? They're going out and it's cool in the morning. And they're like, yeah, this is like driving on ice. And the main reason for that is the bitumen on top of the, the gravel or the tar- part of the tarmac has no grip. And that doesn't really generate grip until it gets worn away and it takes a lot of laps. And then over time, they decided to take the, uh, the grinders to the circuit in the back because they basically built Coda on a swamp. GG. Yep. Uh, really and great. then for good measure last year, they had to resurface it Friday night because they managed to tear it all up through FP1 and FP2. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it, it weren't great last year. No. So they've resurfaced it. And then they've also, as a reaction to some of the earlier races this season, they've shortened the DRS zones. Um, and the drivers were kind of keen on opening those back up because there were very few overtakes in Baku. But looking at Baku, especially at the front of the race, a longer DRS zone wouldn't have really helped because very few drivers were actually in the DRS activation zone at the sharp end of the field. In the midfield and back, maybe that would have helped, but uh, they decided to keep yeah. it as it was. Yeah, well, there you go. And I'm jumping completely forward here, but only two lapped cars this race. Really? Yeah, that's that's Not what bad. the word I'm hearing on the street. I didn't verify that. That could be bollocks, but when have I ever lied to anyone on the internet? Never. Never. Gospel. Never. Never. We're going to have to get HR for the podcast as well to deal with some of these grievances. Yeah. yeah please send your complaints to uh, no reply at enginebreakingpod.com engine forward slash. Yeah. And I'll put it in my uh, extremely uh, professional filing system, um, which looks a lot like a bin. I think it might sound something like this. Breaking, it's not good. But uh, yeah. yeah, that's if anybody's wondering, that's Max Verstappen giving his review of the podcast during Baku because he was having such a great time. Mm-hmm. So, I look, okay, let's talk about it. What did you think of the Miami Grand Prix as an event, as a whole? Now, like the walkout and stuff, we'll get to the walkout and shit later. But what did you think of it? Like, right. So, long term listeners of the show are probably not going to be surprised by the words that come out of my mouth next. Right. Uh, and it's I don't care. So let me let me elaborate on that. Yeah, please tell us. We're we're dying over here. A lot of people are obviously losing their goddamn minds on the internet about it, right? Hmm. I I look, I don't care. It's not every race. It, it it's America, let them do their thing. It's does it affect my enjoyment of the race? Like, if I don't enjoy the driver intros, not really. Um, what about the location, the geographical location? Does is it Miami? I think Miami as a track sucks balls. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't like the track. Um, okay. Well, it's just a glorified fucking car park. And the only reason they resurfaced it is because it is a car park and it needs a <laughs> decent surface. Like, uh, I, don't, I don't enjoy the fucking track, right? Um, I, I, the fake Marina is lost on me. I think that's a bit cringe. Um, yeah, like I, 
the driver intros, going back to that. We'll come back to that one later in the race. But like, you know what? Why don't we do it now? Let's let's uh, the the yeah the driver intros. Let's talk about them now. You want to wind me up? Here we go. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm, go I've on, been send wound it. up. Full send. Right. So right, look, look look at this is Dan wound up. What? <laughs> Since when is Will I Am fully classified? Uh, not classified. Sorry, a fully qualified conductor of an orchestra. When did that happen? He's just uh, standing he's, at the front, waving his bat. It doesn't mean he can fucking conduct. An orchestra. I that part. I just saw He's the just standing there doing like the do-do-do-do-do, and I'm like, all right, cool. Well, I am. You do you, mate. Um, but he did a song about Formula One, which they recorded in Jeddah. Yeah, I haven't listened to it, and I don't intend to. I Honestly, uh, that's not my thing. We've been listening to most... You and I have very similar musical tastes, a little bit of metal, a little yeah, bit of rock. Yeah, So. That's that's me. Yeah. But um, um and then okay. who is it oh, again? Sorry. Uh, all the kids. Cool all, yeah. All, the, all the, the, the kids uh, at home are like, how do you not know who this is? How I'm, do you not know who I I'm an old man with three kids, okay? So LL Cool J. <laughs> you he, look like you've got an LL Cool J tattoo on your butt cheek right next to the Nico Hulkenberg tattoo that's about to get on there. Don't tell everyone. Don't tell everyone. You know what? I'll give LL Cool J some props because he actually did proper pronunciation of the names. I don't think yeah. I, I don't think I heard him trip up on any of the drivers' no, names. He, he smashed it. He actually smashed that walkout. He learned everybody's names because there's a bunch of weird, funny European men walking out. Ugh. Yeah, I'll give him props this for is, that. This is that was the formula, man. Yeah, that I think he did the best with what he was given. So fair play to him. I'll give him that. Uh, yeah, coming out of like this weird gantry that they built, and I'm pretty sure they had in each corner of it, like the CO2 cannons, but only three of them were working, I think. So it looked fucking weird anyway. Um, you paid so much attention to this. I missed it. Yeah, no, I, I was... missed most of it. You know, what we, about the cheerleaders? I don't Cheerleaders, uh, very NFL, very yeah, NFL. Well, it's an NFL stadium, isn't it? So I, was like, I can see the link to it. Um, yeah. I'm at the stage in my life now where I look at them and I think, God, they must be freezing, you know? So yeah, but I'm obviously not. The, I'm obviously not the target market for that anymore. Um, what else? What else was I going to say? Yeah, no. So the driver intros. I preferred it when if you're going to do it right, let's let's go all fucking out. Let's do it, do it. So let's get. I've forgotten the chap's name now. Sorry, but the guy that did it in Kota, the um, the boxing, the boxing announcer. Yeah, I've forgotten his name. Sorry, everyone. But when he did it, it was like, like, come on, let's fucking, if we're going to do it, let's do it. Michael, yeah, Michael, was it Michael. Michael Buffer? Yeah. Yeah. Bruce Buffer, Michael Buffer, whatever. Him. Just get him doing it. Like, that is full, full American. Give me that shit. Like, I'll take that. Don't give me this half hearted, yeah. half hearted sort of. I don't know. I thought it was good. I thought it was not that bad. One, somebody, I've forgotten who it was made the point that the drivers didn't seem particularly into it and seemed quite annoyed with it. And if they had a little bit of buy into it, it would have been better, but I get it. The only person that stopped and said anything to LL Cool J, I believe was local boy, Logan Sargent. Everyone else just awkwardly walked by like, like, I don't know, like they're walking down the school hallway through the, the corridor of cool kids and they're the nerd. You know, they, they all had that look on their face like, please don't attack me. Please don't look at me. Please don't single me out. Yeah. I don't know, man. Oh, Lewis hugged him, apparently. But Lewis yeah. hugged him. Yeah. But I I don't know. I didn't think it was that bad. Like, it was definitely very freaking American. But at the same time, like, 
Oh, Max spoke to him as well, and Max being Max was just sort of looked confused the entire time. Bless him. <laughs> but he looks oh, like that at any time in any conversation, so don't worry. That wasn't just for him. That was no, yeah, that was everybody. Max's standard default. If you need to ask him a question, that's the sort of yeah response you get. I got, I got the impression from the whole thing that it's like the event's not really for the fans. It's more for sponsors and people showing people around because with the prices that you saw, I mean, somebody had a, a menu from a, a restaurant, you know, and it's like 350 to $450 for a four person portion of food, you know, sharing plate of stuff. And I'm like, okay. Um, you know, grandstand tickets going up around three grand. Uh, yeah, that's not for me. Like there was, you know, on the other end of the scale, did you see the guy that posted up a photo of his $42 Wagyu beef sandwich? And it literally just looks like ham in a French stick. Yeah, that was some bologna on a piece of 50p yeah, and then loaf. Ash Vandele rocked my world. Big up, Ash. She was there this She's weekend awesome. hanging out with uh, Red Bull um, and dropped the bombshell that after all that money, all it, they only gave single ply toilet roll. Right. Yeah. This is the real crime. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if I'm out here spending three grand and I accidentally tear through a sheet on the porta potty, I'm gonna be pissed. It's man. fucking traumatic enough having to do a shit trackside. You know what I mean? Let <laughs> yeah. alone with single ply. Christ. How do we? How do we always on this podcast end up talking about toilets at racetracks? We're gonna have to do. You know what? We're gonna have to do. When I was when I was traveling, I wanted to do was me and a guy called Didi, the controls engineer that was on. Um, Kvyat and Verstappen's car at the time. No, he's on the he was on the other car because Michael was on Kvyat. But we wanted to do a uh, club sandwiches of the world photo book, you know, because every hotel we'd go to, we'd get a club sandwich at every you know every place. And then I think maybe we can maybe we can talk to Head Out, who sponsored my stream this weekend, and uh, see if they want to take us to the races, and we can do a trackside review, yeah, trackside yeah. toilet around the yeah, world. Do some nice artsy photography with my Sony sixteen thirty five G Master. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I give this toilet a uh, six turds out of ten. Yeah, this is definitely a five ply toilet. Mm, well yeah, done. yeah, the Rolls Royce of toilets at trackside. Yeah, yeah, go on. And anyway, after, sorry, we, we diverge as always. Was, um, but yeah, the, the intros I'm not fucking bothered about. I mean, yeah. I, I get a lot of people like, oh, it's cringy or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, fine, but let them let them have their fun. It's only what once every now and again, you, like three races of the season. And the majority of people complaining, I'm going to be honest with you, those intros aren't about anything. Well, those intros aren't for us. They're not for people no. that have been watching the sport for Mm-mm. X amount of years. They're for people that you just tuned in to go, oh, F1's in the area. That was that was a terrible American accent, but you know what I'm saying. Oh, oh, oh F- howdy, ooh, howdy. F1, howdy. F1's in the area. Hmm. Oh, still, still too English. Try again. I'm not doing it again. That's the best you get. And I don't do accents. You oh, know man, that. we got that Formula One, baby. Let's go. Aye, aye, Single aye. ply. Listen. Oh, my God. Anyway, but there was a lot of people, and I saw this, and, I, and I had, I'm in two thoughts. I'm in two minds about this thought, right? There's a lot of people upset that all these influencers and content creators are getting invited, and they're not even Formula One fans, and they're mad. They're like, well, th- th- why didn't they invite a fan? That would, you know, that'd be really good. And it's like, you do realize what event you're talking about. You're talking about the Miami Grand Prix that most mere mortals probably can't afford to go to in the first place, one. And why would these people who, who are spending money on giving them VIP passes or paddock access, those tickets are freaking expensive and you know the teams have to use those the right way. 
Are they going to give it to Dave, who's been watching since 85 and loves the sport, or somebody who maybe has nothing to do with Formula One, but they can reach an entirely new audience? And I think that's about, mm. like, a lot of the American races are about reaching an entirely new audience. Why would you try to, somebody that's already into Formula One that's already talking about it, you're yeah. not going to reach new people with that. Yeah. So, and again, here's, here's again, more, more engine mode 11 setting the world to rights. So I had two yeah, responses. I had two responses to this. Okay. The first one was, if you're not invited, your content isn't good enough. And that includes us. We've never been invited to a, to a circuit. <laughs> and you know what? Own goal. No, it's, it's probably because our content's not good enough and that's okay. You know, yeah, I can accept that. I'm happy with what I'm doing. Probably right. because we're an absolute liability as well. Well, there is Holy. that. True. But Holy. I, no, I, I I, you know what I'm saying? Like, If you're not invited, it's because your content's not good enough. You're not individual enough. And look, I'll be honest with you. Again, I'm probably going to, this is probably gonna be like a weird sort of cell phone here. But if me and you, me and you weren't ex-Formula One engineers, what separates us from the millions of other white dudes talking about F1? Nothing. 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 Absolutely not. And I think that's, I think that's a really interesting point to acknowledge as well. You know, like that, that, that is like, we're just a couple of other white dudes talking about F1. We do happen to have cumulatively, what, 16 years, 17 years of experience in the industry, which is, which is good. And we've yeah. been inside and we can talk about that stuff. But and at the same good time, experience with trackside toilets, to be fair. That is a good, unique selling yeah. point. And what yeah, was my exactly. second? Oh yeah. My second point I was going to say as well is if you're getting upset about these sorts of people that get invited to Miami, do you have any idea the sort of people would get invited to Monaco? I don't think I've met a single fucking person at Monaco who was invited that knew anything about Formula One. No, this is this is this is something new, and it's another thing to hate on for sure. I get that, and I, I think that's a really interesting um, reflection on us as creators in the space as well. It's like just a couple of dudes, and if we're not invited, it's because pe they don't people don't want to reach our audience. You guys are all lost, <laughs> just like us. And, I mean, and we we're, we're probably on a fucking blacklist. Actually, while well, one of us is, while the other one here is fucking lapping up the free Sky F1 catering and God knows what else. Some of us... Any, I haven't gotten any catering, bro. Some of us out here are actually striving to make a living. Well, that's, that's not true, to be fair. But yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm broke. So... We, there was a, we've had a little discussion as well about the, the tickets and the demand for tickets and the, uh, the cost. The tickets were insane. And then last minute, apparently they were going on a super aggressive emailing scheme trying to get people that came last year. Uh, buy tickets, they're cheaper. Oh, they're cheap, they're cheaper, they're cheaper, they're cheaper. They were going really, really cheap. Did, did they, yeah. did, two things. Has the promise of Vegas killed it or did people's experience last year kill it uh i i, mean, I think speculate? it's vegas i think, I think anybody, it's vegas but and at the same time at the same time if you've got cash to afford some of the crazy vegas stuff and you're and you're a, a, a fan that's a diehard and you can afford that you're probably going to both it's like the idea of like the the aston martin valkyrie you know and they sold it for what like 10 million or something they could have sold that car for 50 million if you can afford 10 million on a car you probably have multiple cars at that price. It's not like, oh, I'm not sure. Let me just check the wallet, see if I can afford 10 mil. You're not thinking about that. That's not your thing. But the average Joes and Schmoes that have been sucked into the drive to survive, and now, you know, last year, one of their tastes of the Miami Grand Prix, baby, 
Mm. Listen, I don't know what you're talking about because when I was 21, I spent every single penny of my available money to buy a brand new BMW M3. Doesn't matter that I was still living at home in my mum's spare room, but hey, at least I had an M3, right? I prioritised. <laughs> buy my own place or buy a really stupid car. Hey, bought a stupid car. Um, you know what? But yeah. Fair enough. I don't know what my what? point. I don't know what the fucking point of that was. Um, no, but- there was a point to it. Oh yes, there, here it is. Um, yes, aggressively uh, trying to hawk off these tickets, um, which makes everyone sort of think, "Oh God, you know they're going to really struggle um, in terms of seats and that." And then what do we have Friday? A lot of the seats looked empty, and it was like, "Oh, this looks a bit. This looks but, a bit fucking dodgy." However, but in Austin. Friday in Austin, the place is like you look at the top of turn one, you can walk around and sit down anywhere at the top of turn one Friday in Austin. Sunday, mm. there's no way you're getting anywhere that you can see a damn thing. Yep. And apparently, after the race, they, uh, they reckon it was this. Well, I don't know if they reckon it was a sellout. I saw someone say they reckon it was a sellout. I'm not convinced by that. Um, but they reckon they sold more tickets than what they did the year before. So, but they did add capacity as well, didn't they? Correct. Yeah. Okay. So, who knows? Who knows? We'll, we'll we'll get somebody who knows what the hell they're talking about and get that. Yeah, not us. Into, yeah, not us. You don't. You guys don't come here for facts. You come here for pure vibes. All right. Yeah. You just you come here to listen to my therapy sessions to Blake, where I just whinge at him one this one is, once a week. This this is this is the vibe, man. So let's get into the weekend buildup. Um, did, is there anything that stood out to you? I've got some notes from free practice, and basically, free practice one started with super dirty track. No grip offline, lots of dust, lots of spins, a huge track evolution from the first run to the end of the run. Hulkenberg uh, managed to set a little red flag, and they were looking fast, man. They were looking America's team, baby. Um, and then, So Nico causes a red flag towards the end of the session, and then uh, the Mercedes boys decide to throw on some new soft red sidewall boots at the end of the session and go blazing. And there were a lot of people thinking, man, they fixed their car. But... um. They got some track evolution in that some bitch. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I was, I was surprised that they would chuck on uh, softs as early as FP1 on a green track. Um, yeah. That could be my, you know, I freely admit my knowledge probably is nowhere near the level of yours, but to me that was a surprise. No, it, it, I think the, the only weird part was everybody, a lot of other people ran softs in that session. It's just the fact that they ran them at the end of the session um that that stood out like that everybody else had kind of done their low fuel runs i was like right let's have a look at high fuel uh but yeah free practice two another huge um track evolution two seconds improvement from the fastest times in p1 um and then yeah i don't fucking care about what happened on track listen okay what happened in the commentators booth on sky f1 eh? (laughs) that was that was pretty wild so i'll tell you what happened Free practice one, Crofty and, and Ant were talking about, oh, you know, like, but what about the track evolution? Wouldn't it be cool to see how much later they break every run? And I was like, well, why don't you just ask me, man? Come on, I'm right here. So I replied to Crofty in a tweet and, uh, you know, talking about how Max, here's what happened. He basically goes out for out lap. He does a cider lap just to check the track, drive around. The next lap, he breaks, you know, rolls into the brakes pretty heavily into turn 17. The next lap, 20 meters later, the next lap 20 meters later, and then dials it back in on the new soft tire 10 meters that. But like they literally commit to it right away. But uh yeah, that was that was pretty wacky. So Crofty gave us a shout out on the air during free practice too. And if anybody's wondering, it was 
42 minutes and 30 seconds remaining in the session. Oh, yeah. Not, didn't remember not that. A, yeah, I was going to say, not are you fucking... Oh, my God, you are shameless. But to be fair, I would be as well. Um, uh, yeah. I, you know what? I'm going to celebrate. That I've, I've had... That's that's the big dub that I've had in the last couple of weeks. Will you remember so. us when you're, you know, big and famous? Will you remember this lowly podcast? Yeah. Thank you. Hell yeah. Um, but free practice too was interesting. Uh, we did normal, normal low fuel, medium soft. Um, and then a couple people as usual throw on some high fuel to try and get an idea of what their pace looks like. It was hard to judge. The Red Bulls clearly looked fast at high fuel. Uh, and Magnuson was also looking, one of the highest, I think it was Magnuson was looking pretty rapid, but in, in P2, it's really hard to tell what people are doing with their run plans. Um, and then our boy, Chuck Leclerc, nose first into the barriers, taking off his front wing and his front right tire, man. Some bitch. Um, and yeah, and that kind of interrupts everybody's high fuel runs. But uh, yeah, shame. Yep. That car that car had some issues and we'll come back to the issues with that that car has a lot of issues it's got some demons we should try to should we maybe are we doing that now or are we doing that later later but why don't we right. do you want to burn some some sage or something for them at the next race uh could do yeah uh maybe i will make a what they call it the pen no i'm gonna make a pentagram out of um tomato basata sauce <laughs> I love it. Let's do it. All light right, light a couple of candles and just stick a tub of Domeo in the middle of it or something. I don't know. I mean, that's a t-shirt idea. The uh, the um, tomato sauce pentagram. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, my God. I would actually run that. I would actually run that shirt. Oh, maybe. Honestly. Yeah, maybe a uh, tomato sauce or tomato passata pentagram with a Fiat Panda in the middle of it. Yeah. Oh my God, insane. So FP3, in my opinion, very uneventful, mostly soft tire, low fuel running, but Ferrari decided to do um, that thing where they made sure that the soft tire was absolutely dog meat at high fuel. And it was, it was, you you look at that, you're like, you ain't putting that tire on your car during the race when the bags are full. Uh, Pretty huge deg for the Claire signs, not so much degradation at all. But interestingly, looking at the low fuel running, Aston and McLaren took a huge step back in free practice three. So throughout the weekend, they're looking like, okay, usual spots. Um, maybe Mc, uh, Aston not looking as glowing, but um, mm. they took a huge dump in that session. So we're thinking yep. it was like, if something bad happened, but me, my, my critical engineer head is like, ah, oh, they just were trying something in free practice three and it didn't work out. They'll, they'll be back in the mix for qualifying. Ha. Ha. Should we talk about qualifying? Sure. Why not? Um, hold on. Sterling would like to say hi. Uh, oh, podcast oh, cat. Who podcast cat is invaded yet again. He hasn't joined us in a while, so he's just coming to say You're hi. You're right. He hasn't. No. Has he no. touched any buttons today? No. He he was about to lie on the keyboard and crash the stream again. So oh, that's great. Perfect. If anybody's on audio, my cat Sterling is just coming lie down on the um, the mat. Now he's clawing my mouse pad. Great. But anyway, but anyway, um. So lots of talk during qualifying about wind, and we'll come back to that as well. Lots of track conditions, uh, track improvement overall. Um, we've got just over one second of track improvement from the first to the final run, so that's a reasonable amount, but mm. it varied on the team. Um, Q1, who do we drop? Anything shocking in Q1? Uh, yeah, the two, two McLarens I was quite surprised about. Mm, but like after, that's what, that was the weird one. So free practice three, they're in the mud. And then um, 
Hey, do not call he that. He is right. So audio listeners. Do not claw that, buddy. Blake's cat has just gone fucking psycho in the background. Is now clawing all of his walls and everything. Have you not fed that cat or something? No, I just I fed them before the podcast. But anyway, but yeah, the 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 mac the macaronis, both the macaronis got dropped. Which you know, after free practice, are you thinking they're in the mud? Mm. But, Lance, uh, Lance Stroll, Stroll, Stroll got dropped. I didn't P8, expect this. P eighteen. Oh, rip, rip. I was surprised to see Yuki out. Honestly, I was really surprised to see Debris not qualify him. Yeah, that's fair. That's um, fair. It, and uh, Logie, Logie boy dead last, unfortunately. Uh, no, sorry, Logan. No, no, no disrespect to you, but I'm not that surprised with him. Um, sucks for him at his home race, though. Yeah, the last couple, like earlier in the season, you're like, okay, not bad, not a bad start, and now it's like, what? Mm. What's going on, dude? Very, I don't know. Let's see. Maybe, maybe he'll come back on uh, the normal tracks because these are some tracks he's not driven before. Um. Who knows? Maybe he needs to get on iRacing with us and hang out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Q2. Alexander Albon misses out on Q3 just by a tenth or so. And then uh, who else did we drop in Q2? Oof. Uh, we lost Lewis Hamilton. P13, unlucky for some. Which is probably like the biggest name in there, really. Yeah, that was, um, yeah, was kind of crap. Nico, sorry. Lewis Hamilton in P13. But then... Nico Hulkenberg in the Haas out qualified him in P12, which, you know. Uh, better than, worse than that, Alex Albon in a Williams. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, sorry. I completely missed that. 11th, yeah. Ay, ay, ay. What happened? Yeah. Sorry, you have to explain this to me because I was, at this point, I was getting ready to go to a birthday party um, <sighs> and I missed sort of bits and pieces of qualifying. So why is Lewis P13? What happened? He. It sounded like he said... Something about you left it too late to Bono. And I didn't go back and watch the onboard from that. But the only thing that I could see was that he might have had a compromised outlap in preparation. And to be fair, if you have a crap outlap, I mean, that's one of the probably biggest things that can screw up a run entirely is having bad tire prep. Um, from from our iRacing careers, we know that tire prep is super important. But um, I'll just light them up, light yeah, them up, lock them up. But um, I, I can't really tell if that was a little bit of frustration and just projecting on something else or if the outlap was compromised. Oh, he, he had, had, he had uh, <clears throat> because I definitely watched this and chat did not just tell me this. He got oversteer on his hot lap mm, and he only had one one chance at it and he sort of got a bit wiggly on the back end. So that'll be it. Mm. Uh, well, that will do had, it. I'm pretty sure he had two runs in Q2. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah. Why don't we talk about qualifying three? Qualifying three is pure chaos for all of the greatest reasons. Um, but yeah, everybody uh, gets their first runs in pretty much except for Leclerc and Max. Max, a lot yep. of guys having issues at turn six into seven. That's a high speed down into the long 180 degree corner into seven, eight. Uh, Max gets a little bit of a tank slapper on and aborts his run. He does not have a banker. On the second set of runs, uh, Leclerc ends up in the wall at turn seven again. He looks like he's going to catch it, spins it around, and goes backwards into the wall. Uh, causes a red flag with less than one minute 30 in the session. Uh, a lot of people criticize, well, why didn't they throw the safety or the red flag immediately? It's like, they, I think there's, from my understanding, is there's a set of procedures, and unless there's something on fire, something dead, they'll look at it and see what's going on. But they could have red flagged that sooner. But honestly, that's like, it is what it is. Yeah. It is what it is. It's right. a red flag. Are you ready? Go on. 
F1's wackiest rumors, theories, and conspiracies. On this episode of The Fraud Files. I love it. Why is it every single time that Max Verstappen doesn't put in a banker lap in Q3, does Charles Leclerc crash it? Well, that- Go back in history, and it has happened several times. It has happened several times. That is actually wild. But um, the only exception to that that I can think of off the top of my head, which is not an uh, exhaustive list, is Perez Monaco last year, which was also yeah. uh, something else destined for the fraud files. Oh, God. It's, the cat's coming to give its uh, opinion on the fraud files yet again. Sterling, what do you think? Did, did Chuck do it on purpose, buddy? Mm. No response. I said after he had that... Um... That's sus. That shunt in, uh, was it FP2 or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I put a tweet out saying that uh, Charles Leclerc is a sleeper agent who is only activated when he sees blue runoff areas. And then there's a photo of him going off in France across the painted blue and then obviously in Miami. And then what does he do in qualifying? Again. Listen, Again. just call me the Oracle. Yeah. So... That's yeah, I, I I think it's probably um yeah, we need to investigate that. We'll get the, the crew on it. But um <laughs> the crew. You mean me and yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we say it like that. Oh god, I've up, like uh, sorry, I've upset the dogs. I didn't include yeah. them in that. They are outraged and forming a union <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> Can you ask the dogs what they think? But uh so Checo manages a one twenty six eight for pole and Alonso's about zero point four seconds behind him. Um so we've got that. Verstappen and Leclerc's Q2 lap times were faster than than anyone's Q3 lap times. So I think probably I mean, they were going to be quicker. But in order to qualify, you have to fucking finish qualifying with a lap time in that session. Checo is very good at getting his bankers in. They may not be a burner, but the number of times that he's had a banker in and Max has not had a banker on the board... Um, that's a, like that's a thing. That's not like luck. That is literally part of the game. Mm. So let's would you talk say? About- would you say? Sorry. Would you say like Checo has uh, more? Maybe it's the wrong word to use. Skill, but Checo has the ability to go out and give a hundred percent of his ability in one lap more than Max. Whereas, or do you think Max has just got the ability to find an extra more? Uh, sorry, an extra piece on his second yeah. run, whereas Checo's like, I'm one and done sort of thing. I don't know. That's a, that's a really interesting thing because, like, you know, I think Checo's, if he had Checo had, had another lap, he would have gone faster as well. I think Checo is good at getting a consistent lap time in. It may not be, you know, it might be a 99% lap, which is often a great lap, but Max went way in there, um, over the top, lost it, and I pretty sure he wouldn't have done that in his second run but that's that's not a discredit to Checo Checo's lap was awesome nailed it um no problems yep. at all with that he's doing exactly what he needs to do and that's when Max drops the ball be there to pick up the pieces yep done so let's talk about something let's red talk, flag talk about in Q3. it Q3 what do you think about the red flag in Q3 situation you know exactly what I'm talking about uh is this where you basically want to uh penalize Everyone shit house is a red flag in qualifying. Yeah. yeah, I mean, because I'm, yeah, exactly that. I mean, Leclerc qualifies P7. He's got a banker in. He's so he's P7, and he's red flagged the session and caused uh, Bottas and Max didn't set a lap. Mm-hmm. Uh, Perez 
and Magnuson, I don't think, set another lap either. I mean, and what do you think? Do you think do you think that they should lose their lap? And a lot of people propose that they should lose their lap in that session. Um. Again, sorry, this is. I'm going to have splinters in my ass by the end of this episode and say that I don't care yet again. But I yeah. want to, I want to give me your take. See if you can persuade me. Well, so here's, here's what I think. I think there's two aspects because without the rule as it stands now, there's so much emphasis of always having a banker lap on the table, which I think is a, is a thing. Like you should always have a good banker on the table. Um, but the fact that you can, red flag qualifying with a banker and have no penalty for that also kind of sucks. And I don't think it's fair. I don't really care about being fair all the time. That sucks. But the, the biggest negative that people have suggested is that if you have a red flag penalty rule, let's say that you lose the time in that session, would drivers take less risk as a result of it? And we would see less exciting sessions. And my take is absolutely fucking not. And if a driver was taking margin, you nor I would ever notice it. We would never notice it. They, they're, they're doing that all the time, so they keep it on the track. You had stuff like the, the Ferrari catching it out, which we can talk about in a second, but I don't think drivers would take less risk. I think they would always be pushing. That's their job to go all the way up to the limit and not over it. I, it's, it's, not like they're, it's not like they're trying to cross a limit. Yeah. Flag it. Have, have I changed your mind on that? Um. I don't know. I think if anyone goes out and causes a red flag in qualifying, I think their their punishment should be they have to run the race under a Ferrari strategy. Okay. I think that's a fair enough punishment. Yeah. They didn't do too bad this weekend, unfortunately. So that would have been uh, the same penalty that Signs got during the race, which had mm. no impact on the race, which we'll come back to. But let's talk about the, the roundup. Shockers. Shockers from qualifying. Uh, we, had, we had Hamilton in P13. Uh, Magnuson, P4, Gasly, P5. Yep, shithousing their way up to the top of the grid. Yeah, another fact is this is the closest that Aston have been to pole all year. I mean, they've, I they've, been consistently, they've been consistently reasonable, but this was the closest they've been to pole all year. Uh, Hamilton, P13. Uh, Mercedes, in terms of their gap to pole, they went backwards at this event. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I don't know why I'm saying yeah, like, I'm just saying, yep. So here's here's what we predicted. Our the actual poll was Perez, or the top five was Perez, Alonso, Sainz, Magnuson, and Gasly. Neither of us had Magnuson or Gasly in the top five. No, that's let's be clear. Uh, I mean, I I, I put fucking Charles on pole, so that should tell you how my predictions went. But that's really interesting. You say that because looking at the data right throughout all the qualifying sessions and through the weekend. The Red Bull were only marginally faster turn through turns four, five, six. Mm. And that was that was basically the only clear thing. And they were a little bit faster DR Son at the end of the straight. But there were laps where if the Ferrari drivers had put their laps together, they could have genuinely been on pole on merit, looking at the data. And there's like, you know, the low speed sections from you know, you go down that back straight, and then you break into that little Mickey Mouse section, which is turn eleven all the way through turn sixteen. There's not actually that much different between those cars. And uh, let's say sixth, seventh pace order, like the Haas to the Red Bull, there wasn't actually that much in it in those low speed sections. So it's a lot about driver confidence, using all the track, not using too much curb, not getting your lap time deleted um, and good mechanical grip. And there's really 
not a whole lot of difference between all the cars. You're really just jockeying the car through those. It's just a bunch of chicanes back to back, really. Mm. There's, there's, there wasn't a big differentiator there other than just good driving. Um, the car really wasn't making that much of a difference there. So Red Bull had the advantage through the high speed stuff down into five, six, seven, and then a little bit of DRS. But Ferrari could have had pole here. So I don't think that was wacky at all. Uh, you mm -hmm. had Leclerc, Perez, Verstappen, Alonso, Hamilton. I had Verstappen, Perez, Leclerc, Hamilton, Signs. So we, I, yeah, Tomo had Perez, Verstappen, Hamilton, Russell, Leclerc. We were all crap. Yeah, we, we seem to be putting, all of us seem to be putting a lot of faith into McLaren, at uh, McLaren, Mercedes. Sorry, it's very difficult. Oh, they're both slander. fucking, they're both fucking slander. mid at the moment. It's very difficult to tell them apart. There you go. Right. That's, that's us getting blocked by all Mercedes and McLaren fans. Um, no, we're both putting a lot of faith in Mercedes with its W14. And uh, every weekend, I seem to sort of end up sitting here thinking, hmm, not a lot going on with that car. Yeah. So let's let's set our expectations for the race. Going into the race, we had Perez on pole, Alonso, Sainz, Magnussen, Gasly, Russell, Leclerc, Ocon, Verstappen, Bottas. That's the top 10. What did you think was going to happen during the race? Uh, let's let's talk about Verstappen, Perez, and the Mercedes and Leclerc. What, what did you guys? How did you think that was going to shake out based on what we've seen so far? Um, I thought it's pretty much the same as Alonso that he was going to have Max in his mirrors by sort of lap twenty-ish, lap twenty-five, whatever he said. Yeah. Um, I am a little surprised that Max won. Yep. But not when we look into the performance of the tires. Mm -hmm. Right? Because those hards were miracle tires. I'm not really sure how that yeah. even happened. Um and then I was surprised at Charles being fucking nowhere. But like so you were you were expecting Charles to run through the field. So that's not what happened. Not necessarily run through the field. But you, you were expecting Leclerc sniffing on the podium. I didn't fucking expect to see a Haas beefing a Ferrari for like <laughs> ten laps or whatever it was. I'm just like, what is going on here? Yeah. Well, let's let's so let's get, let's get into the, the the race and the build up. I mean, my expectations. I thought Checo had this one this weekend. Honestly, um, I thought the Ferrari would recover well also, and I was kind of thinking probably Alonso is going to fall back out of a podium spot. Honestly, but like this this kind of this this qualifying was awesome it was good it shakes up the, the field yeah um, it gives unpredictability like we want and we don't know what's going to happen and i enjoyed that part yeah of the race. but you want to fuck all this up with your red flag rule so you can't have it both ways no but that the red flag rule all it would have done was moved leclerc to the back well it's not like it's not like it gives them a free lap to go again that's okay because he spent half the fucking race nearly at the back anyway yeah he, he, would, he wouldn't have changed his result anyway so um what did you? Here's a couple of things. We saw two big things that everybody was talking about. We had Jeffrey Bezos, Daddy Bezos. Um, thank you for the prime subs, everybody mm. on Twitch, and uh, Elon Musk in the paddock. Yep. And Elon Musk replied to like, it was a tweet from ESPN or something. He's like, Elon proposed a pure EV versus a gas hybrid race car to Christian. I was just like, hmm. I actually would love to talk to somebody about that, but I have a funny feeling the energy density of petrol is. It's not a competition for a Formula One car like that with how much drag they generate. The uh, high, the gas hybrid race car will win. 
with the technology we have right now. I don't even think that's a thing. I think that's a silly proposal. I don't know. I, I, I should talk to an expert or do some simulations. What's the question? Sorry, I'm. You, you mentioned said, you mentioned Teslas, and I just fucking turned off. Okay, fine. Elon. Said Sorry to everyone listening to this in a Tesla. <laughs> so there's Elon literally said, dozens of you, I'm sure. Dozens. So he says he proposed a pure electric vehicle versus a gas hybrid race car. Right. I just I, doing I what? Going in a drag race? Going race? what? Round a circuit? Race. Yeah. All right. Make him do one lap of the Nurburgring. See who fucking manages to have enough fuel to finish. I uh, yeah. I don't yeah. I don't think that's gonna work. 300 kilometer race with that amount of drag and performance. Yeah, that's that's not there right now. And I, I think realistically, if Formula One wanted the best version of what Formula One could be, you would go to a synthetic fuel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Uh, mm. Do you know like what that. they should do? Mm. They should find an energy source that harnesses all the negative energy off of fucking F1 Twitter and they'll be unstoppable. Yeah, exactly. What, what if what if it runs off of copium as well and opium? Mm. They'd That'd get be... quite a lot from that from me. I mean, I'm going to get my life back on track. I tell you, there's a lot of copium and opium there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But um, yeah. So if, if Bezos is listening to this podcast, um, give us get... give us some yeah, fucking no, money. Well, no, get get oh. Amazon to buy the broadcast rights to Formula One so that we can do some better collabs because i think the future of the way that people consume sports in formula one is not going to be the television it's not too far away no it's going to be we're, assisted we're by wankers like us streaming on twitch look at us tap into that tap into that two I mean, old men with gray hair are the future of the sport <laughs> <laughs> but it's i i don't know i i think the the way um, probably not us. It's not going to be us, but it is entirely. It's not going to be change. us with that attitude. Come on. Jeff yeah. Bezos, you fucking bald wanker. Where's your money? Come on. You got all that money to build fucking spaceships that look like giant fucking dildos. You can spare a couple of thousand quid for us, you prick. All right. <laughs> oh my God. There goes TOS. This is, you know, slandering the Lord himself. Oh, so we talked about the intro ceremony. Did you hear that Perez got a uh, summoned to the stewards because he was late for the ceremony? <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He was like, "Yeah, that was terrible. I was having a shit anyway." So here's a, here's another great shit housery. Did you see Jackie Stewart versus Miami 
attic oh, security. My God, this my thing of the weekend. Go I on. tell you. Oh my Rip God. Into him. Jackie fucking Stewart. What a legend. Basically by the way. barging his way through three security guards just to get to Roger Federer to drag him back to do an interview with uh, Martin Brundle on Sky on his pit walk. Honestly, go out there. I'm pretty sure Sky have tweeted it. I've tweeted yeah, it. Go look for it. It's fucking hilarious. Jackie Stewart just does not give a shit. He's like 87 or something. He just fucking goes under the rope fence, pushes past all these people, and he's leaning over, and he's like, Roger, Roger, like, come do an interview. George Russell has to run over and sort of tell the security guard, look, this is Sir Jackie Stewart, you morons. <laughs> yeah, oh, my like, God. This is, this is the godfather. Leave him alone. <laughs> it was and just... Pure, pure, it's that one of those rare moments, not rare, but one of those golden moments of gridwalk chaos that you get every now and again. That was dope. That was dope. And then basically uh, he gets like five seconds just to say hi, and that's it. He ran out of time on his Worth uh, flight. Worth every Worth. second. That was some pure shithousery. So the race itself, we're finally here. Um, the race start, Piastri's got a great start and then gets shuffled back in the McLaren. That he should have gone to Alpine. Imagine if oh. Yasher was in an Alpine this year. Oh, look at that spicy hot take. I think you're right, though. Yeah, hundred percent right. But uh, yeah, like we've we've talked a little bit on everything, and let's dig straight into the um the next part of the fraud files. We don't have to play the sound again, but everybody knows. Verstappen Perez, the race. Verstappen starts all the way back in the mud in P9, and Checo leads from pole. Coincidentally, they do not give them the same tire strategy. No, that makes, that? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Why would you? <laughs> yeah. so, sorry, was I not feeding into the conspiracy no, there? No. No, How dare they? I can't, I can't believe they've no. fucking done this. So let's look back and find any time that you would start the race on the hard tire from pole. But everybody else around you, you is very likely to start on a medium. You're not going to do it now. Imagine you're out of your pace order and you need to do something different to have the best chance of doing a good race. You're very likely going to consider an alternate strategy if that strategy is viable. And hard tire was very viable. And I think there's a couple of reasons that that worked out better for Max. Okay. I, I think hit me with it. I think the medium tire at high fuel was not particularly robust and Checo got into a little bit of deg and then had to uh, hit. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think there's anything surprising about that. Like it was a, it was a good first stint, but he just got into a bit of deg and had to, to pit. And it's like Max was able to stretch that hard tire out and it was insane watching the lap times. It was just like, yep, he's going faster. And he's, you know, he's talking to his engineers a lot about car balance problems and they're working through these problems, which is really cool to hear like that's a performance engineer just absolutely you know the driver's saying this is going on so it's like right we can adjust the diff we've got the brake balance you can change this but everything's a compromise so you, if you're going to fix this you need to go back on this and that dialogue back and forth i'd love to do a breakdown on that and explain what's going on uh i might do that that's a great video idea noted uh probably not not if i do but it yeah. first okay that, yeah. that would involve me actually doing anything with my youtube channel so <laughs> uh, but you know it was super good cool fucking luck that. yeah but uh, and then and then Max put on the medium tire at the end, and um, he was quick. He was super quick. And there was a little bit of a discussion going on that Red, Red Bull weren't giving Checo as much info. But Dr. Obbs on Twitter 
went through this and like on the main feed you only got a couple of snippets from max and the main feed does not show you hardly any of the comms to the driver but um he went through it and the drivers are getting fairly similar amounts of information and there's not much to do at that point like if you're red bull and you're looking at the data you're like hey check them you need to go as quickly as you can because we're driving a race car and he's like ah oh thank I, you for I, reminding me i wondered I mean, what i was doing I was now, I've now understood that we are in a motor race and I will push the throttle down all the way. Um, I, I think that that race result after the start was actually inevitable. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, I guess. I don't, I, I don't see, like, maybe we could have looked back. Um, Checo getting into DAG on the medium lost him a bit of time. Max being able to come through without losing too much time. He came through the field Nobody. really quickly. Not a, I don't I don't remember seeing a single fucking driver putting up any sort of fight against Max. Now I kind of get it because the damn thing's a rocket ship, but yeah. like they were almost like they were blue flagged. They were just like, yeah, yeah, whatever, Max, just go for it. Like get out of my way. I've got a different race to do. And I yeah. was a little disappointed with that. Even as like a big, you know, unashamed Red Bull Max fanboy, I was like, oh, can at least somebody please like make it a little bit more difficult than just opening up the inside for him yeah. along that back straight. And the only person I saw that put up any reasonable, decent fight, and even then it was inevitable, was Checo, who made him go to the outside when he yeah, won yeah. that. So, yeah. But, but I think that's an interesting point. But a lot of those cars that he was overtaking, that car putting up a fight, will probably lose them more time than letting him through. And that puts them on the back foot for the car that's attacking him. Because in the midfield, that midfield was super compact in terms of gaps. And there was lots of shithousing going on there. But um, yeah, I, but like look, look back to qualifying. The Red Bulls are a half a second faster than most of the cars on the grid per lap. Mm -hmm. And they're better on their tires. Yep. So all of this yeah. after we leave. Exactly. I don't... F1's wackiest rumors, theories, and conspiracies on this episode of The Fraud Files. That's just facts, dude. Isn't it funny how after we leave, they keep winning? <laughs> I guess uh, that's not a conspiracy anymore. I guess that's fucking proven. Yeah, that's just facts, bro. That's just facts. But, um, yeah, so let's talk about another, another team, Mercedes. They also split their strategy. Mm. Hamilton starting from the back in P13, started on hard. Russell, starting towards the front, put on the medium like all the cars around him so he doesn't get absolutely mauled on the race start. Yep. Um, Hamilton runs out long. Russell pits behind him around lap 23 to 32. And Hamilton's instructed Russell's on a different strategy. You know why they did that? So they didn't burn each other's tires having a little tussle? Because they were on a different fucking strategy. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah. Right. Sorry, I was trying to jazz it up a bit, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So saying, that's oh, not... get him out of the way, go! Or whichever way around it was, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, Russell, Russell was on a different strategy. Mm. And them fighting means they lose time. Yeah. Um, that's how but... we roll! Or yeah, whatever, was, whatever he was on was... about. Listen, you ain't no smooth operator, George. Drop it, right? <laughs> yeah, seriously. But um, yeah, so the Mercedes duo... P4 and P6, really good recovery drive from Hamilton. Yeah. And I think Russell's, that, that was the best race that Russell got out of that car. I think both of them had solid recovery drives. They kept their nose clean, coming through the midfield. Yeah. They didn't lose too much time, fumbling over each other. And uh, 
They got her done. Yeah, I mean, and it's not as if they, they didn't finish P4 and P6 because everyone else in front of them crashed out or anything. They, they got there on actual race pace. So yeah, seems that yeah. qualifying, they weren't really there. Nope. But race pace, they were. So, yeah, that's yeah. interesting. I, looking at the race, Trace, though, Russell, once he came through, like, uh, was it Ocon and Signs? he really didn't have enough pace to close the door to Alonzo. And we'll come back to him. Alonzo was cooking on gas and realistically um, in a field of their own. If, I mean, Russell was on that same thing. Alonzo was just able to extend on his first stint quite a long way. Um, and that made a big difference in his race strategy. Whereas Russell had to pit into traffic and come through a shitload of cars. Whereas Alonzo only had to come through, was it Ocon and signs and he was just cruising. But yeah, Yep. Um, Magnuson, uh, honorable mention as well. Yeah, medium, medium hard strategy. He dropped to seventh uh, on the race start, uh, then pits and then fights his way back up to P10 for a single point. He can you believe that Leclerc was struggling to pass him? Yeah, but there is something fundamentally wrong with that Ferrari, and even after the race. I'm pretty sure Charles said over the radio to his engineers, like, we've got to check this car. There's something not right with it in the high yeah. speed. Yeah, there's some, there was something super, super whack about that, and that doesn't make any sense. That, no. And that... Now I'm going to sort of circle back to what we were talking about earlier. There is something weird going on with the back of that Ferrari because mm. we've seen it now twice. So Signs had a spin in Bahrain, I think it was the first race, and you watched the replay of it. And he goes around the corner, quite high speed, and it just looks like the car loses all downforce and he just spins and slides off the track. Now, you watch the slow-mo, that car hits a small bump, the rear end bottoms out, and it just, where the rear end of the car bottoms out, it stalls the diffuser and it just loses all of its downforce. Watch the replay of Charles and his qualifying spin. Yeah, it's exactly the same. The rear of the car bottoms out and it just loses all downforce and spins out. I have not seen any other cars have that issue this season, apart from that Ferrari. With that being said, I, I, I definitely agree with you. Like, There's something going on with that car. Maybe they've, they're really close to the rear bump stop because they have to run it so low, and if they get off, you know, a little bit offline, they hit a bump, the suspension bottoms out, and that loses grip, and as soon as the floor pops up, it shits all the load off. That's really hard to figure out, but it, it looks there's something definitely wrong there. The only thing we didn't do is go through and look at everybody's line through turn six, seven, and see like how much curb are they using? I didn't do that. Did you? I mean, the the spin for Charles, he was definitely being greedy with the curb. Yeah. I don't necessarily believe it was that that caused the spin. It was because there was a, a drain cover or something that yeah. that causes the bump. And yeah. then it's the bump that causes the spin. loss, the spin and the loss of downforce. It's not, yeah. not that he took too much curves. That makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. And, that, and it was a very abrupt and uh, unpredictable maneuver because he was, he was committed and it didn't look like it was going to go that way, but it did, it did go badly. So yeah, there's something wrong. Anyway, with sorry, we were, we were bigging up Haas, weren't we? Because, well, yeah, good for them. Yeah. Good yeah, for so, them. And I, I think they were probably hoping to get more out of that, but realistically in terms of the race pace, they did all right. Honestly, mm. but um, signs an uneventful race to finish P5 with a five second time penalty for speeding in the pits. Um, <laughs> but but I mean, let's put it this way the Ferraris 
the Ferraris looked like they could challenge for pole this weekend on single lap pace, and he gets overtaken by Russell on a similar strategy. Yeah. yeah. And then the Leclerc starts P7, and he's getting bullied by a Haas during the race. Yeah. There is no he, race he pace. P7. There's no race pace in that car. No. I, there's, there's, some, there's something wrong with that car. And then like, to, to elaborate on that, how can you have a car that's quick over a single lap and poor over a race? And a lot of that comes down to how much energy the car is putting into the tires, yep. how consistent the grip is, which comes from not only mechanical grip, which is suspension and tires and damping, which I don't think they're, I don't think Ferrari are, you know, crazy wrong on their suspension, stiffness and damping. The other thing could be just simply the, the predictability and consistency of the aero platform and how much load it generates and how predictable it is. You wear out tires by slipping and sliding them over the top of their grip. And that could be, you know, corrections yeah. and snaps, uh, too much front end in the car. So maybe they, we saw that last year. I think they do have to have quite a bit of front end in the car to make it work. Yeah. Good for think, a single lap, bad for long run. I think they were both saying during a race that their tires were pretty much done. Yeah. Um, a lot, but a lot. Back to its chewing tire days. Yeah. But this, this also was for most people a front limited circuit as well. Um, a lot of people, the front was it the front left that was opening up on pretty much everybody that went long. You'd see the little yep. bit of blistering or graining. So I don't know if they had rear overheating as well. I, I clearly I, I missed that, and I, they were kind of anonymous during the race because it's like nobody wants to see Leclerc getting bullied by Kevin <laughs> or signs signs on. I mean, I um, thought it, it was enjoyable to watch. It was probably no, it was, one of the more enjoyable good. parts of the race, to be honest. Yeah, Watching no, them both a, go at it. A little bit of shit. I was and really then good. the. Oh, the beautiful double overtake by Max. That was... That was spicy. Yeah, chef's he kiss. Played him like a damn fiddle. It's that, it's that eye racing, man. But like that, he read that situation and just placed the car and sent it. He had so much grip in that thing. It was, it was pretty nutty. Um, what about Alonzo during the end of the race? He's like, hey, tell Lance that was a nice overtake. What position is he in now? Alonzo's driving his race watching the televisions around the circuit to see his teammate overtake yep. and he's just pumping him full of that premium gasoline yeah he's gone from oh, yeah. sharing brake balance settings to just washing him on telly like oh alonzo was it now four out of five races he's finished p3 or whatever the man yeah. is just chilling like yeah. he's, he's like he's well i can't dream. catch the ferraris and no one else can catch me so i'm just gonna take p3 thanks yeah no, exactly that. That's so freaking wild. But I, I've seen pictures before. There was a photo from Silverstone in like 16 or 17. Max is going through uh, Maggots and Beckett's and he's looking the other way. And he's like, no, nah, I was just looking at the TV on the outside of the track. I was just seeing what was going on. I was like, all right, fucking weirdo. <laughs> I mean, I'll do the same. Yeah, if you were, yeah, if either of us had any freaking talent driving a car. But um, yeah, you know what? You know, we've got to give an honorable mention to this week uh i do but you can have the honors no why don't you tell him oh it's yuki our, our good friend you i say good friend he doesn't have a fucking clue who either me or you are but yeah, he knows me all right fuck off i um, know yuki we talk about apex legends he's a bit of a gamer really oh. yeah he plays apex I think, yeah. Have I told a story about when I first met Yuki? I'm pretty sure I have. Yeah, yeah where yeah, I thought yeah. when I was in the canteen and he was in front of me in the queue, and I said, "Who's brought their child to work today?" <laughs> they're like, Dude, "No, honestly, that's, that's Yuki Sonoda." He's like the Alpha Tauri guy. I was like, "Oh shit, okay." So I talked to him quite a few times um, when he was when they were in for simulator sessions and stuff. 
he's such a nice dude. I really like Yuki. Mm. Um, but uh, he, he likes a little bit of Apex Legends, and he's a bit of a he's a bit of a gamer as well. So maybe one day a uh, little stream. But uh, yeah, honorable mention for Yuki driving that Alpha Tire. That car is not ideal at all. That car is see- not P11 worthy. But there you go. Did, did you see Franz Toss throwing shade at their head of arrow? What now he's left? He says now I can trust my team again. Yeah, yeah. That's that is like honestly, that sounds like salty man. I I think. Franz got the boot. I don't think he left. It's it's ironic that they announced Laurent Mekis and like, oh, 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 oh yeah, yeah, Franz is, Franz is retiring. It's like, no, he, you got the freaking boot. Interesting. Um, I reckon. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Franz, like, I respect him because he's been there for so long. But at the same time, what has he really done apart from shit? Sorry, I hit the mute button halfway through that. I wasn't. I wasn't just taken out by a Red Bull sniper. Why the? F- yeah. Um. He just seems a bit bang average. He shit housed the win for Sebastian Vettel in Monza, which was the, which was a Red Bull car anyway. Yeah, and shit housed a Gasly win. Wait. Oh, apparently he your- punched Scott Speed. <laughs> 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 All right, fine. I like him a lot now. I don't know. I I, I don't know the Bring guy. Him back. Not, I I reckon I reckon he got the boot. Because, oh, all right. Well, yeah. Anyway, anyway it, he's he's moving with that prime. I'm leaving anyway. I don't give a shit anymore. Energy. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, now there's a huge, huge debacle. Another pit lane shithousery on the uh the telly with a a track marshal or personnel or photographer running across the pit lane at the pit lane entry right in front of Norris, I believe it was. And people are outraged that the FIA is letting this happen. Mm. But um, yep. I, I feel like if you, and not everybody has been, but if you've ever been to a racetrack or in the pit lane, that is completely normal that people, A, will cross from the pit wall to the fast lane yeah, and obviously back to the garages. And every racetrack I've ever been to has one of two systems. One, it's Marshall's that are specifically their only job is to signal an alarm or blow a whistle when there's a car entering the pit lane yep. or there's an automated buzzer that goes off and it's really annoying because the whole weekend when you practice you just hear eh, when the cars come into the pit lane um i'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say there's two things that happen that person crossed the pit lane really close to the far end so they're the close end so the cars come in you've got the buzzer and he's like oh i've got plenty of time a car going 80 kilometers in the pit lane that's really fast yeah those, those sneak up on you it's on you so so if this person heard the buzzer and thought oh i've got time and they crossed at the closest entry mate you didn't have time that is yeah. a, a human issue that's not the fia needing to clamp down on stuff so i know everybody on twitter was outraged but uh it was just yeah. a bit of a silly place to do it yeah um yeah exactly but I, I never an hour is fast I never liked crossing the fucking goddamn pit lane, no, even you, like when it was at end of practice or whatever. Like, and there was no one there. I still fucking shit myself every time I walk through it. So whenever, whenever we're out at winter testing, right uh, in Barcelona, the pit lane is open. You can walk. They, do, they don't. They don't usually have the pit walls set up until the uh, second test. Now they don't think they do that. But I was always super hesitant, especially in the middle of the pit lane, looking down. At the entry, there's nobody there. I'm always super hesitant to go because, you know, maybe you want to go stand on the pit wall and watch the car come past at 300 kilometers an hour. Yeah, it's while avoiding the gaze of Jonathan Wheatley who stares at you from inside the garage saying, why is he slacking off watching the cars drive past? It was my day off. Yeah. 
Yeah. It was, it was, it was my prep day. Not my, my, not, I wasn't running the car that day, but like, yeah, like that's thing. So there's another outrage as well. FIA absolute shambles this weekend doing absolutely normal race car shit. So yeah, sorry, this is my fault. I propagated this on Twitter. No, no, but it, it makes, it makes sense because I, I saw that and my initial thought was exactly the same as you. So there was the Porsche Super Cup, which is a support series this weekend, and the cars are circulating on track and there's a tow truck on the circuit. And we've had this conversation many times. No heavy machinery on the track when there's cars. But actually in, in most racing series, that is completely normal that the Porsche Super Cup cars were leaving their paddock, which is outside of the circuit, to come onto the circuit, and there was a, a tow truck pulling one of the Formula One cars off, and they just drove around it. The, that was not a live racetrack. That was a, right, you're in tow mode. You kind of toot your car around dead slow and go pull into the pit lane before the race starts. So I think that was a, a, caused a lot of um, misunderstanding around FIA, but that's pretty normal at a racetrack. Yeah, but hey, listen, that interferes with my FIA agenda so take your facts shove them up your ass and fuck off <laughs> yeah well, i mean that fight that, that yeah we definitely don't need the fight to take the foot off the throttle because they definitely uh yeah they get away but, with it this time but i'm watching you <laughs> but seriously like that like if you've ever been to a club racetrack in between when there's a when one set of cars is leaving the paddock and another one's coming out there will be tow trucks on the track every now and then yeah, and someone raised a good point as well that during the Nürburgring 24, it's quite fucking common to have a tow truck taking someone back to the pits in the middle of the race anyway. And yeah. then there was, uh, what is it? I think they do this in, I think it's in Suzuka when they do the endurance out there. They have the uh, circuit safari. Have you seen this? No. So during one of the free practice sessions, I'm pretty sure it's a free practice session during like the uh, endurance series. They'll have a bus full of people just driving around the track. No way. Yeah, it's called, uh, I think it's called like the uh, the bus safari or something. And you just basically sit on the bus as all these fucking GT cars just come flying past you and oh, that. We need to see that. We'll have to post a video of this with this clip. Is oh, Fuji, 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 yeah, apparently, yeah. But I, I think that's something that's completely normal. If you're hooning it when you're going from your paddock to the hot pit lane and you're not looking at other cars and you're going... Like that's that stupidity. Like there's, I I don't see any reason why you can't. Both of those things can't happen. I don't think it's that deep. And if you've ever been to a racetrack, it's kind of normal. But anyway, um, race conclusion. What were your podium predictions, Dan? Uh ah, I fuck this again. Uh, I put Perez. I thought Perez was going to get it done. Another sort of street circuit. Verstappen second and and Charles third. Mm. Uh, Tomo said Russell Perez Verstappen. Well, he's a oh fucking idiot. <laughs> Tomo, you're never you. invited back on. <laughs> love you, Tomo. Uh, I voted Verstappen Perez Leclerc. Oh, uh, so I got I got the top two. Uh, we didn't we didn't have faith in the Dark Lord. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. Mm. But. I think that's because in Baku they weren't looking too hot in Baku, were they? But then I suppose they did have DRS issues in Baku. Yeah, I think they're all right. So championship standings. Uh, Verstappen 119, Perez 105, Alonso 75, 
and Lewis Hamilton 56. I did not realize Lewis was that far up in the standings. Um, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't realize. I guess that that P2 in Australia gassed him up pretty seriously. I, yeah, and then Russell had the retirement there as well. But uh, yeah, then back from there, you basically got 56 points, and then back down to Leclerc is 34 points in P7. Jesus Christ, Carlos Sainz 44. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. I there's there's no way Aston are catching Red Bull. Red Bull have consistently been able to get their drivers, both of them on the podium, with the exception of Australia. Um Where yeah, Perez I, was fifth. Why was Perez fifth? Oh, because he had to start from the pit lane, didn't he? Yeah. So constructors, Red Bull, 224. Aston Martin, 102. Just it's done. Mercedes 96, Ferrari 78, um, AlphaTauri two points, Jesus, uh, Williams one point. Yep. Yep. Yikes. Well, we're going to have to find some ways to make the season entertaining because I'm not going to let this bum me out. Well, Al, here's one. Alpine and McLaren in um, fifth and sixth have both got 14 points in the constructors, so that could be interesting to see how that plays out. Ooh. You know what's? I guess, I think, I feel like that, that you've just described there yeah, really, really sums up how the Miami Grand Prix played out and a lot of the races have played out so far. Everything mid- was so much better lower down the grid. Yeah, the, the midfield was so exciting. And the fact that, you know, yes, the cat and mouse game between Max and Checo was super interesting. And there was a lot of focus from the broadcast and the directors on that. But realistically, if you look at the group of cars, I mean, I'm looking at the race trace on my screen right now. Uh, which I'll publish on my Buy Me a Coffee later. But you had basically take the Red Bulls out of the race, then you still have this big gap from Alonso and Mercedes and the Ferrari. But this midfield gaggle, which is, you know, 60, 70% of the cars, they're within 25 seconds of each other at the end of the race. Not 30 seconds. You know, like, so that, like, this isn't, this is not that big. I don't know. I, I feel like we're going to have to find ways to enjoy this in the broadcasters. We're going to have to do a better job of accentuating and highlighting what's actually happening yeah. rather than focusing on who's going to, I know everybody wants to know who's going to win, but it's not, it's not this year. The other like Ferrari and Mercedes have dropped the ball again. Red Bull. I don't think they've found that much. Maybe uh, I'm wrong. I need to go. I need to go look at it, but I just don't. A Red don't Bull, Red Bull, unless there's like a double retirement or something weird. I think there's a strong shout that Red Bull could win every single race this year. I can't think of a single race where I think "Mm, they're going to struggle at. I mean, maybe like the last quarter of the season if they've swapped development, but even then the gap they got at the moment is so fucking big. I don't know. All, all the other teams are going to have to give up on the season to catch them next year and do what Aston have done. Or, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think at some point Red Bull can just, they've done such a good job that it doesn't matter. They've, they've mm. got such a huge performance gap. They can stop developing this car now and probably still hold on to it to the end. And even if they lose a little bit of qualifying performance, I don't think Ferrari are going to solve their race pace issues. That stuff takes a lot of work. And if yeah. they're already, and if they've had the same problem, for the last two years, mid-season last year, all the way down to this season, same issue. Yeah, I don't think Aston are going to be uh, there 
enough to challenge for wins, but that's not a slight on them. I think they've done an incredible job to be as competitive as they are. An absolutely brilliant job, Um, honestly. And I think Mercedes are too busy still trying to understand what the fuck's going on with the W14 to sort of piece it together. But they're meant to have a big upgrade in the next race, so that should be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah. Yeah, Do you reckon we're going to get the uh, black Red Bull? Do you reckon we could James have James Allison's like, right, you idiots, what are you doing? Yep. Just copy-paste, man. Yep. They've seen they've seen all the other teams doing it, and they think, right, I've had enough of this. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Right. Um, Is it time for uh, that, that part? What would you like? Would you like some? Random Fandom. so good bro thank you i love it thank you you all know what this is this is random fandom where basically we have to do uh a book report on the team that we pick pre-race uh because obviously we have disgusting red bull bias um we pick a team at random just to balance it out and then uh give ourselves a little book report so for miami blake you got uh alpha romeo Ooh, I did. Let's hear it because I they were they were completely fucking anonymous to me this weekend. So I'm interested to hear what actually happened. Well, I had to get them. I had to look pretty hard. Um, yeah. So pace wise, they were finally back to within one percent of pole this weekend in terms of qualifying. Their their single lap pace had drooped massively. In Australia and Baku, they were absolutely p nowhere uh, this weekend in qualifying. Bottas p10, good result for that car. Joe, a little bit of a struggle. P14. So. The race, they fell backwards. Uh, P13 for Bottas, P16 for Joe. And I'm not really sure what's up with them. They got bullied, and during the race, they were completely anonymous. But to be fair, that's about where I expected them to be so far. I mean, if you put that in perspective, the season's best finish is a P8 for Bottas in Bahrain and a P9 for Joe in Australia. But both of those were pretty heavily down to serious attrition. So it's not like that's... a uh, merit and where they finished in the race was probably about where they're at their single lap performance has been lacking um sounds like they got that right but the race pace not so much i'm i'm not enthused with them i i I really want to see bottas and joe uh in a faster car but who knows who knows Uh, i'm gonna give them a c for the weekend not thrilled yep okay well if there's any doubts that anything I touch is jinxed or goes to pot. Let there be no more doubts because I had McLaren this weekend and holy shit, I don't think it could have gone any worse for them if they fucking tried. Man. Oh, I'm dead. Uh, they looked... This brings me no joy to laugh at that, actually. No. Genuinely, that, that brings me zero joy to laugh at that because both Piastri and Lando, I think, look at their trajectories coming up through the ranks. I think they're capable of greatness but they're driving a shed. Mm, yeah. And what makes it worse as well is that it showed a glimmer of promise in Baku. Uh, so in Baku, they had, what, uh, 9th and 11th place, which for them, you know, not too bad. Uh, yeah, and no, then absolutely. they had, what, 6th and 8th in Australia. So so things are improving. Um, but no, so in qualifying, it just all went to fucking pot. They didn't have any pace. They couldn't even escape Q1. Uh, Lando P16, Piastri P19. Um, and then for some reason, they fucking completely lost their minds over at McLaren and decided for the race, they were going to both start them on the softs. Why? Why? Uh, 
The track is green. You're sticking a heavy fuel-loaded car on softs. They're going to be done in five laps. Um, and then to make matters worse, for whatever reason, uh, De Vries continued his terrorism tour, smashed into the back of Lando at the start, which the damage on that cost him uh, about 0.2 seconds of a lap, they reckon. Um, oh, someone's in chat mm. saying it was six laps before they changed the softs off. So yeah, great. Yeah, um, that tired <clears> dog. And then uh, to make matters worse, Piastri struggled with a brake issue all race because he had an issue with the brake by wire hydraulic system. Uh, yeah, no, it was bollocks for them. And um, in return for all their efforts, they managed to finish, what, 17th and 19th? So Yikes. yeah, wow. Uh, F because honestly, I don't think it could. The only the, I could only grade them. It's one position better than you said. Oh wow! Does that change your final answer. Oh yeah, completely. <laughs> it could only possibly have been worse if both cars just randomly burst into flames. That that was the only thing that could possibly have gone worse for them. So, I mean, who who finished behind them? They were Logan Sargent, I'm guessing. Hmm. Where's the race results? Hold on, no, no, I've got the race results here. Um, they yeah, did Lo finish. Logan Sargent was the only one that finished. No, no, 17 and 19, you were right. I looked at qualifying. Yeah, DeVries, DeVries and Sargent, man. Yeah, GG's. Like, that bothers me so bad because McLaren, McLaren should be killing it. Like, they've got everything they need and they just keep making a really poor car. They've got great drivers. They've got all the tools. They're, you know, scapegoating their wind tunnel. And it's like, okay. Okay, guys. Mm. But hey, look, at least they got loads of fucking sponsors. Yeah. They can use the money from that to wipe away Zach Brown's tears. Yeah. Well, since, since, we're, since we're on it, Tomo had Ferrari and he didn't send me any notes, but uh, I'll tell you how Tomo's review would have gone. Yeah, you tell me how it would have gone. All right, geezers, it's Tomo here. <laughs> Something like that. Um, yeah, they would have been shit. Like, <laughs> absolutely mid. Um, but yeah, who knows? Why don't we... Uh, hold on, I got something. Why don't we go to... Fraud Watch. So, Fraud Watch is where we put somebody in the spotlight. And uh, if you get three strikes, you're in deep, deep, deep trouble. And this week, uh, I'm going to nominate DeVries for Fraud Watch. I, I take no joy in that. I take no joy in that whatsoever. But um, that is... I'm, I'm, I'm seriously questioning. I did a video on him looking at his background, where he's come from, his results. And I'm like, okay, the only person he had to beat in GP2 was Botifi. <laughs> not, yeah. uh, not a particularly stacked field. Um, he's, done, he's done some bits in Formula E. I don't know. Like I just like I just don't. I, I would have much rather have seen, and it's not a dig at him. It's just like I would have rather seen them take one of their other people, like get um. Oh my god! You ready? I just had a huge brain fart. You ready for some controversial hot takes? Hot off the yeah, internet. Go on, Liam. Yeah, Liam was what I was going to say. I'm sorry. I, no, Liam, I love you. no, no. Listen, they're going to replace him mid-season with Mick Schumacher. Why? Because it'd be spicy and the internet would it'd implode. 
I, you not, know, I, you know how we do things here. Why are you asking me right. why? Fucking why? hell, just accept it. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, I've, I've got DeVries on Fraud Watch. I would much rather see Daniel Ricardo go in there and drive the shit out uh, of that thing. Someone asked me this the other day, and I was like, why would they put Danny Rick back in the junior team? Just to get him in a seat. It's better than no seat. Daniel is never going to be in a seat for a Red Bull. He's there to do marketing. Uh, I disagree. And that's not that's not slander on Danny Rick. I just don't think, uh, what, you think Perez disappears and then Danny Rick comes in? I think... Really? No, no, I don't think that. I'm just saying, I think Daniel is um, a very a very good motivator um, to not have a mid-season slump. Because you know, you know how Helmet goes. He's crazy. I don't think way. he's crazy. I don't think he's fucking crazy enough to basically kick out Nick DeVries and say, hey, Danny Rick, it's your car for six months. And then what? That doesn't even sound that crazy to me at all. That's oh, actually I don't know. something a sane person would mm. do. I don't know. Honestly. Marco's pretty mental, but he's, I don't he's, know. Just, he's just. I think Liam Lawson goes into calls. it all day long. Yeah. Who are you I'd putting into Liam that? In the, uh, I'd put Liam in it right now. Well, there you go. The then. Whole point, so, what is that? The whole point of having that team is to develop young drivers, and I agree. I agree, but like we're, we're dealing with some some rogue agency. I still think Daniel Ricciardo could be a shout for the the uh, Alpha Tower for the rest of the season. All right. Well, I respect your opinion in the same way that I respect the FIA, the UK government, Sky F1. Yeah, that's it. You have become Sky F1. Oh, the enemy. God, I am the enemy. I've become Uh, everything that I hate, Dan. uh, We'll have a reflection on this later. Just like two white dudes reflecting on... mm, May I suggest heavy drinking? Um, Right, Uh, so sorry. Oh, was it? Okay, yeah, no, same. Had a couple gins. Um, fuck, where are we? Fraud watch us. Right. So basically us on fraud watch. You put to freeze. Uh, I'm going for McLaren. Oh my God. Uh, I just, that's you've triple strike McLaren. Yep. They're in. Yep. Three strikes and they get put uh, straight into jail. They're in the bin. Um, no, I just don't fucking understand what happens to them this weekend. Like, all right, yes, they yeah. had some issues in the race, but they didn't even get a Q1, so what's the fucking point? Um, they are wasting Lando Norris and Piastri, and mm. it's all good and well, Zach Brown walking around, smiling, giving it the hee-haw because he's got a million sponsors, but when your car's as fucking arse as that, at least you're getting them enough fucking screen time for them. Yeah. Sort yeah, it exactly. out, McLaren. It's not fucking good enough. You've got big facilities. You're a big historic team. This is Do it. Fucking bullshit, inexcusable. Anyway, McLaren yeah. fans, I feel for you. I think there needs to be big changes because you can't just fucking, they can't sit there and say, oh, it's because we haven't got a new wind tunnel yet. Well, they got rid of, they've, they've already made some changes, so. More. Let's, more changes. Yeah. M- McLaren are in the gulag, yeah. 1v1 me on Rust, bro. Um, right. Right, sorry. So, Come on, no, hype, I, hype I, it I feel- up. I feel that, and I'm I'm with you. All right, I'm completely with you. But let's let's change the tune. Oh, you think who's a good boy? I am. I'm a good boy. Engine mode good boy award, which is basically some guy <laughs> trying to tell Dan he's virtue signaling on the internet. It's like, no, I just told you what I believe. And this is the point where we give it take an opportunity to highlight somebody to who we think has done an exceptional job this weekend. Mm. Um, Dan, I got, I got fucking told I was a Mercedes bot the other day. I was like, do you even know who I am? 
And that's probably I, the only time I've ever used that phrase. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I've got this guy who I've muted. I haven't blocked. Maybe I've blocked him. But he keeps. I keep seeing random tweets where this guy's commenting, talking shit to me because I said that Mercedes are sandbagging in preseason testing. I'm like, okay, you have to use a couple of brain cells and connect the dots and know who I am and what I think about. And in context of that, it was clearly everybody else thought it was a joke except for this one absolute fucking goober. Mm. But I can't believe that. I, I still keep seeing them. Like, who's this like person I block keeps chiming in on this? It's like, oh yeah, they're still talking shit about me because they don't have two brain cells to rub together. But uh, yeah, and if you no, want if you want to talk shit about Blake, then may I suggest you start a podcast with um with him, and uh, that's that's the best way to do it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, talk to me, again, Dan. Who's on your good boy award this weekend? Jackie Stewart. There's no competition. Bang, straight in there. Sir Jackie Stewart <laughs> was the only enjoyable thing I found from this weekend. Just fucking. Don't you know who I am? Barging through security. Yeah, what a legend it was. Chef's kiss and Martin Brundle just sitting there like his usual flapping self because he doesn't know what to do. The time is clicking down. Yeah, brilliant, fantastic. I'm uh, I'm going to give my engine mode good boy this week to Yuki Sonoda and Yuki's on two. Uh, who else? Do we have anybody else on two? Alonzo's got two from you, um, and Sonoda's got one from you and one from me. So Sonoda for me, um, like that car is not great, and he is awesome in that mm. thing technically sorry to butt in technically fuck tomo when we gave him a guest last last in baku he did say sonoda so that means oh he's on Sonoda's his third on one trifecta. if we're counting that yeah Ooh, i love that so what does that, that mean if he's on the trifecta does that mean we uh elevate him to uh privileged status yeah yeah definitely uh let me highlight his name in the uh, sheet there there we go sonoda is now uh, has been elevated. DeVries is on three strikes. Yep. Yep. He's getting highlighted. Absolute. Mother. Anyway. I used um, to have a rule, right, for Fraud Watch, where if you're in your rookie season, you don't get uh, put on Fraud Watch. Nick DeVries has been so arse, I've broken that rule. <laughs> oh. Sabu says it doesn't count unless you have more guests on, not just Tama. All right, we'll get another guest soon. We've got a couple people that we're working with, so we'll we'll, we'll get back to that. But mm. I think um, I think that's a pretty pretty good place to wrap up this week's episode. Uh, we need to do some writing. We need to get an episode for next week. Yeah, uh, we've got we've got a weekend off. Have we? My God. Yeah. I honestly, I genuinely need a week off to reset because the Formula One rinse repeat life. Uh, isn't for me is it getting to you yeah because that's why i got out of formula one in the first place to get away from that like you know the the formulaic rinse repeat thing and i know that's a job right and i get it i get it but that's one of the reasons i got away from it. but what i have done um is i've got the buy me a coffee i'm gonna do the race analysis and i think there's a lot of really interesting juicy stuff in there that we're gonna we're gonna summarize for that so if you're on my twitter or whatever else you can find all of that are you um uh, also let's let's put this in the world are we going to get an engine breaking iRacing series going or something, or even just like a night where we hang out on stream and shit house around with you guys? Probably. So I have uh, entered two teams uh, into the upcoming uh, 24 hour virtual Le Mans race uh, hosted by uh, Bradley Philpott. Um, okay. 
And uh, just to make it confusing, we've got team engine braking and team braking engine. And uh, the car liveries are reversed on each one. So that just to really piss off the commentators on that one. But it's basically a bunch of amateur fucking idiots that we've put together. Um, um, so you've got entries for both the cars. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, what we've got eight drivers, I think, in total. So four in each car. Holy shit. When, when yeah. is that event and where can we watch it? Uh, we have the prologue, which is like the test run of what two and a half hours is happening this Saturday night. I'll be streaming that on my Twitch. And then the main event is, I kind of forgot, I think it's May 27th. I don't know. Yeah, sure. Why not? Why not? May 27th. Why not? Yeah. That's a Saturday. I, yeah, that looks about right. May 27th. So I'll I'll be supporting you. Um, I'll raid you guys out if you're streaming that after uh, qualifying. But I was like... I, I don't want to do a 24-hour sim race on Monaco weekend. I do want to watch Monaco qualifying live on stream with you guys. So, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, uh, I just, but, everyone knows my feelings about Monaco, so. Yeah, I'm, uh, qualifying will be a good one. And, I, and like, let's be honest, everybody's going to watch the Grand Prix anyway. You're going to say it's shit, and we're going to agree it's shit, and there's going to be no overtaking, but we're all going to watch it. Yeah, so if any companies out there want to fly us out there um, to do some beauty TikToks, with makeup or whatever in uh, Monaco Harbor, uh, I'd really appreciate it. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think if, if anybody wanted to have us and uh, you had some guests and you had a little VIP suite and you wanted to have some industry experts to talk to your guests about what it's like working in Formula One and give them all the, the download, we could definitely do that. But yeah, and um, we can lie. Only. We can lie. We lie really well. I'm really good at yeah, it. Yeah, look at us. We both say we're a, fine. But under the surface, under the surface, we're both dead inside. So, look, we're really good at lying. That was the truth, Dan. <laughs> right. Um, so what I think we need to do is I need to go visit my butcher this week because I'm going to get some, uh, some, uh, some pork ribs. Yeah, fire up that Traeger, who still haven't sponsored us yet. Pricks. Traeger, come on. We love you. I love you. Do you I, um, do, when the weather gets a little bit nicer, we're going to do an episode from my place. We'll have some barbecue, and uh, we'll shoot it in the backyard. It'll be good. Yeah. All right, deal. Um, you guys are awesome. Thank you for hanging out. Thank you for uh, joining on this podcast. And if you haven't left us a five-star review on Spotify, uh, we'd, we'd love you for you to do that. Share it with your friends. Share it with your grandma, your grandpa, anybody that likes Formula One. If you're driving to work, roll down your window and tell them, hey, you should check out the Engine Breaking Podcast. Mm. It's great. Yeah, roll up to the traffic lights, lean and out. If anybody, if anybody records themselves doing that to a random stranger, don't 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 harass anybody. But you know, you can talk to strangers. It's okay, ask yeah. if they like Formula One. I do that whenever I play Tarkov. I ask everybody I run to. It's like, hey, do you like Formula One? Uh, and most of them don't. Just roll down your window and you know, look at the person walking along there and say, "Hey, fuckface, do you listen to the Engine Breaking podcast? If not, <laughs> if not, why not?" Yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah, fuck off. Job done.